Welcome back to Juxtaposition. I'm Justin, and we are excited to have you back for another week. And we heard some really great feedback from our last episode, and that really excites us. And what excites us even more is that we have a few other things up our sleeves, uh, and we have some new concepts starting next week. So next week, tune in for a very different but special episode. (laughs) LC, what's up, my brother? How you doing? What's going on, brother? How's everything, man? I'm blessed, as always. Isn't it great that we get to do this? I mean, mm-hmm. I no, I, I, I'm very excited about the work that you know God's allowed us to do together. Um, yeah. The, and, and as you were talking earlier, from the intro standpoint, the feedback that we've gotten has been, and I'm just very appreciative and humbled to get it right. And Same. it's not, it's not. Oh, you guys are just so great. It's like, no, this is what I'm learning. Yeah, and this is what I'm digesting. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to sharing additional content, continuously getting feedback from our our friends that are in this journey with us, that are walking uh, the same type of journey that we are trying yeah. to, again, figure out where we need to be as well as to Christ's purpose for us and, and continue to execute, man. So really excited. Really excited. Awesome. Awesome. So to the point of feedback around our Why Me episode and those Why Me moments that we all experience, if you did not check that episode out, I need you to definitely go there after you listen yes. to this. But kind of, um, you know, kind of what's what's your kind of key takeaway from some of the thoughts and feedback that you were hearing, Elsie? So the, the biggest feedback that I got um, that I felt was really not just important, but meaningful, um, one of the folks that we talked to family that gave just their thoughts on that topic of why me they they wind up saying you know as i listen to the reference of information being shared it started to make them think why do i ask why me mm-hmm. instead i need to change my thinking and say why not me if i believe mm-hmm. god has a great purpose for me yes i may be experiencing some form of hardship or challenge but clearly there's an opportunity here presented that I can be growing through, right? So, you know, when I think about readdressing uh, the importance of that conversation of why me, it makes me think about how it illuminates moments for us to help expose the weak points that Mm -hmm. we have within our lives. And then also God's way of giving us an opportunity to grow, right? And, And this growth leads to clear thinking, Peace that surpasses all understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we think about that, that brings me straight to Philippians, right? Philippians chapter four, verse six uh, through seven, where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Mm-hmm. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And I and, and that is, again, when I think about that, why me and the weak points and exposure, our ability to understand that God has given us this, this opportunity to juxtapose our narrative of our why me, right? To turn it into what I was alluded to earlier. Why not me, right? Mm-hmm. Why, if God chose you, why, why not you? be the one that's in this position to break Mm -hmm. that generational curse that frankly has had your entire bloodline under you know oppression for thousands of years right like there's 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 a calling on all of us and we have to be aware of that because if we're unable to grasp 
that level of, of severity to, to really juxtapose those wiving moments, all that's going to do is just leave us vulnerable, right? And not just vulnerable to ourselves, but vulnerable to other people as well that are in our lives. And I think we should be very comfortable or we should start becoming very comfortable with the fact that vulnerabilities, they're a part of being human, right? Right. We, we would be ignorantly fooling ourselves to think that we don't have them. So as we present these vulnerabilities and highlight ways to juxtapose those vulnerabilities to live the life that we're supposed to, I think we just need to become more comfortable. And, yeah, you know, as yeah. we to the point of vulnerabilities, I think it highlights the immense risk of living life casually, unintentionally, and more importantly, the risk of genuinely not having God consistently and deeply intertwined into the depths of our life, particularly in light of all that comes with these life's challenges and experiences. So, you know, setting up a little bit of stage before we dive into the actual, you know, topic of for today, um, you know, as we think about the vulnerabilities and again, having God intertwined in our life uh, to fight against everything we experience in this life. It takes me back to 2014, a much younger version of Justin. I was in my <laughs> first corporate job uh, and I lost my first corporate job. It was, you know, one of the most devastating, the first kind of feeling was one of the most devastating, one of the most daunting experiences I've ever had. But ironically, and bro, you can vouch, in the same breath, I was able to experience that peace that you highlighted that yeah. has an ability to surpass all understanding. Whether I realize it or not, even before I was let go, um, I was juxtaposing the anxiety, the pressure, and the discomfort that I was experiencing. I was clinging to my ministry like I was clinging to Jesus. I was literally, it, it was my refuge. It literally was the only thing that relieved me of this just immense pressure. I felt every Sunday before getting myself ready for work. I was literally, to give you a little bit more context about that story, I was in my career, I was thrown into a sea of sharks and I was expected to swim without proper coaching, without proper tutelage, let alone mentorship from a, a career perspective, mm -hmm. you know? So in the, the eyes of the world, I failed my first corporate job. Yet that quote unquote failure was the very best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah. It was a milestone in my relationship with Christ. And I genuinely hated my job, genuinely, <laughs> but I did not have the guts to leave. So what God had to do to the point of God showing up in some of these why me moments, God had to push me out. And I think that brings us to the topic of today. What are you living for? Uh, I, in that moment, whether I realize, realize it or not, despite my humanity and lack of, of knowing certain things and lack of doing certain things, I was living for Christ, particularly because he put me in a situation that I was either going to self-sabotage myself in or cling to him, um, you know, because I had a lot of bills. I had a lot of responsibility. I had no family in the city I was living in um, and I didn't have a lot of money. So I, 
in my opinion, was forced. Thanks be to God, I chose the right thing. I was forced to live for Christ in that moment in order to build the character, to cultivate the man of God that I'm proud to be able to, to say I am today. Um, yeah, yeah. So, bro, to the point of what are you living for and this you know, risk of unintentional life of Christianity. I, I know you have a scripture that you wanted to speak to a bit more. Yeah. But before I even get to that, even, you know, the story that you just shared, obviously that's one that, you know, I was a part of in a sense of just hearing the news on the other end of the phone. Um, but more importantly, that what I would love to kind of highlight, you know, you, you made the statement of, you know, I was living for Christ and I, I need to be clear for the audience that that's not just a statement being made. That's something that I had to physically witness myself, right? Um, because what we don't realize is that the situation that God allows us to go through, there's always an audience. Mm. There's mm. always an audience, right? And so in order for you to be demonstrating yourself as a man of God that you are, because again, even for myself, I'll be quick to tell anybody, hey, there's a lot from this Christian life that I follow you on, that I've looked to the guidance on from your walk, not what you say, but what you do and the results that come from that, right? And so when I listen to you say, my ministry became my safe haven, mm -hmm. my shelter, that's where I ran to, to I am literally lost in the source. I have no idea what to do next. Mm -hmm. But God provided that sense of knowledge and peace for you. And I think, you know, when I think, about Proverbs 1, to your point about how we live and what are we living for, I think the first question we have to ask ourselves, have we even tried to acknowledge God's presence in mm. anything that we have going on, right? Mm. Because in order for you to tap into what you tapped into, like you said, you mm -hmm. didn't even realize you were juxtaposing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in order for you to do that, you had to have that knowledge, right? So Proverbs 1, verse 29 to 33 says, for they hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of their living, their own mm. way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Mm. And, and just to really ground yourself in that, it, it gives that understanding that your life could have been bitter, Jack. Like could you have. could, you could have been a real. You could have blamed everybody. I wasn't trained. I didn't have no support structure. HR, mm -hmm. you know, the excuses you could have generated would have been heard for a moment by somebody. But yeah. at the end of the day, it would have been no fruit. You would just been talking hot air and been living with a sense of resentment. Yeah. Instead of gratefulness. So I, I just think that you tapping in, and that's why I called you that anomaly, because this is not something I think we are always aware of doing. Mm -hmm. You didn't take your loss as a personal thing, even though it was devastating to you. You didn't operate in that way. And yeah. I think that's what speaks a lot of values. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I trust me, I had the right to. Like yeah. I'm saying, like in the world context of the world we live in, I had a bunch of excuses. But, you know, I to your point, the audience who's watching, you have those who are listening, an audience who's watching you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And while trust me, I have not been that resilient in every situation. Right. But I, I use that because that, again, shows what we really are living for. 
And I, I, again, I thank God that I, I was living for Christ and we really want to highlight the risk of not. Right. So yes. if we're, we're acknowledging the times that we're in. We see things are just like chaotic and, and they're unpredictable, let alone even unsafe in certain areas or, or not even areas. I mean, local grocery stores. Right. So with those things in mind, we have a choice to live like literally everyone else, be it those we work with, those we live with, those we go to church with. Let's keep in context. Not every person in the church is there for the same reason. Or instead of living literally like everyone else and doing what, again, I had good excuses. I had the right to feel bitter according to the world standards. Or we all can juxtapose our current realities to dig deeper and tap into our reason for being in order to develop what's needed for what's next. That grit, that discipline, that resilience, that faith, those things that are required to endure the challenging moments that life actually presents Elsie, us all with, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. And, you know, I love the terminology of grit, the discipline, right? These are these are the things that when you are facing those difficult moments, again, I, I'm about to lose my job. Uh, there's a, you know, a job position I was going for that I got looked over for, right? There's mm -hmm. so many different, you know, my spouse doesn't show me the type of affection or understanding that I need at this time where I'm at this low point, point in my life. Mm -hmm. All of that makes sense, but we have to then pull back that, that layer of understanding and going back to, well, why is God allowed me to have these experiences, right? So you look mm -hmm. at uh, Psalms chapter 16, verse 7 through 10. It says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Mm -hmm. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, right? And, and when I think about what does that mean to rest in safety? What does mm -hmm. that mean to, to not be shaken? What does that mean to be instructed, to be guided? Well, it, it means to be, in some aspect, disciplined, right? Yeah. You, you didn't go through, you losing your job wasn't, oh, you're just a bad person. That's why it happened to you. Or you didn't check the boxes. That's why. No, there was a, there was a spiritual discipline that was taking place there that you were being molded through, right? And yeah. when you think about being guided, God will use those examples and those opportunities to guide you on the path that he needs you to be on. But it does start with our innate understanding of discipline. So when I think of discipline, I'm bringing us to Proverbs chapter 3, mm -hmm. verse 11 and 12, where it says, my child, do not reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. Mm -hmm. For the Lord corrects those he loves just mm -hmm. as a father corrects a child in who he delights, right? So you getting, and I would call it a form of discipline, spiritual discipline that moment back then, well, your father can delight in you now because of what you were able to sustain yourself through. And yeah. like I said, not just sustain yourself, brother, you was an example for me. Yeah. You was an example for other people. Like you wasn't, you didn't just lose your job and it was like, you're the only person. Like, no, right. there right. were other people that needed to hear your story, not just mm. your story, but your response. 
the essence of your source that kept you grounded, right? Who and what did you cling to? Did mm. you cling to a religion? Did you cling to your mama? Did you cling to your husband? Did you cling to your wife? No, I cling to God. Yeah. I went to my minute. Like there's a difference. And that's what we as people have to take a step back and ask ourselves, right? You're talking about what are we living for? Yeah. Well, in the essence of what are you living for? What are you clinging yourself to? Mm. Especially when you got things going on in your life that you're not really pleased about. Let's talk right? about it. So <laughs> love that. that. Love yeah. that. And you know, the the word of God, I think, is incredibly important. I don't think it is incredibly important because it's the thing that directs us to to ensure we're living our life for him. And it's important right. to know that again, I, I clung to ministry, right? I didn't just read the Bible by myself. Like again, not a Bible scholar here. I'm a man, I'm a disciple who desires to grow in my faith. So I genuinely encourage you all to leverage not only your scripture, but the the men and women in which God has um, ordained to help us make this life much more digestible and, and palatable um, so that we can ensure that we are building genuine and sincere relationship and not just chasing uh, this manufactured religion, right? So, you know, when I say like manufactured relig religion or focusing on like checking boxes, it's important to like, as we go back, think about, you know, the times in which Jesus was was on the earth, like, a bunch of these distinguished scholars, chiefs, elders, these, you know, people who are our modern day pastors, preachers, whoever, they were the ones who largely did not recognize Jesus in the flesh, despite his works. Mm. Um, and subsequently, these people advocated and successfully had Jesus crucified. So I think it's important to highlight that we are not talking about just being a Bible-thumping Christian um, who has a form of godliness, right? Mm -hmm. And then ultimately denies the power of God. Uh, we're talking about Christians who are sincere and who are checking their heart posture to ensure that they are in a position to juxtapose a reality, to realize what they are truly living for. Elsie, I know you had talked about James and incorporating that. Do you want to uh, swing over to that? Yeah. So I, before you, you know, before I even jumped into what I want to add was that being a Bible thumping Christian, as we, you know, kind of allude to, or or having these forms of godliness, it's it's not enough if you're unable to transparently apply, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you think about what it says in um, James chapter one, verse 22 uh, through 26, but don't just listen to God's word. Mm -hmm. You must do what it says. Otherwise mm -hmm. you're only fooling yourself. For if I listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing in a mirror at your face excuse me, mm -hmm. glancing at your face in the mirror. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. yourself walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that set you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, mm -hmm. then God will bless you for what you're doing, right? Yeah. And, and and I think that's that becomes the purpose of how you juxtapose your scenarios and your situations. Mm -hmm. But it starts with, again, your understanding of your religious actions mm -hmm. versus your relationship actions mm -hmm. when it comes down to dealing with Christ. And I think, you know, what you're highlighting here, you know, 
being somebody that goes to church every Sunday, like I was saying before, that that's that's great. But your tithe money ain't ain't saving your situation. You right. you you falling at the altar just on Sundays only at church. You don't even you don't even fall at home in your own bedroom. You don't even pray with your own. Like those activities aren't mm-hmm. going to help you. Yeah, you know. And I just want to be kind of very transparent on that because we all find ourselves operating that vein from time to time. For sure. And I think you know that brings in even the idea of praying amiss. Yes. You know. So as we are starting to incorporate these spiritual, you know, uh, tools that allow us to juxtapose our reality. It's important to note that one, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. And again, I I do want to highlight that there is a self-absorbed way to pray, which opens the door to praying again, against God's will, praying amiss. But there's also a way to pray informed by the will and desire of God, one that is not self-serving, self-seeking, and drowned in self-promoting one's ambitions, particularly over God's plan for your life. So I'm using prayer as an example, but think of the other aspects of faith that can be leveraged in the wrong context. LC, you just mentioned doing things only on Sunday, right? Yeah, or, or even yeah. doing things only when people are looking, right? So yeah. I think, again, we really wanted to reinforce the, the religion versus relationship because in order to really maximize your life and to really ensure that you're living for the right things, you have to ensure that you're doing things within the proper context. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and context goes back to... It, context situation really starts with where your faith resides, right? Where mm-hmm. what is leading your understanding of not only where you are, yeah, but what you're actually doing. And one of the things that you know we don't do enough of is understanding that the relationship that we're trying to have with Christ, mm-hmm. it's not about what we're bringing to the table ourselves, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is if you think about Isaiah chapter one, verse uh, eleven through thirteen. It says, and this is God talking to leaders, Mm -hmm. his his church, if you will. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord. I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams Mm -hmm. and fat and fatted cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. Mm -hmm. When you come to worship me, who asks you to parade through the courts with all your ceremony? Mm -hmm. Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts and increasing your own offerings. It disgusts mm-hmm. me, right? And I'm going to just stop there because keep things in context. What am I doing? And what am I doing it for? Mm-hmm. What am I believing? What am I believing it for? Right? If we are truly juxtaposing our realities, if we are developing this relationship with God, meaning that I am, and I, and I want to be clear, I understand everybody listening. They may not go to church. I want to be very clear. There, there's sure. somebody here that's probably not Going to church, but what else of substance can you really get from other people that's not coming from this? And that's where that juxtaposition comes from, right? Because when I think of Proverbs 21, verse 2 and 3 says, People may be right in their own eyes, mm-hmm. but the Lord examines their heart. Mm-hmm. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer Him sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and again, I think what challenges me in, in a lot of this conversation is what am I living for has to have more meaning than I. If I Absolutely. hear myself saying I too many times, mm-hmm. something is wrong. 
I am not serving the purpose that I'm supposed to be here for, right? Mm-hmm. I am not allowing myself to be humble to say, you know what? There is a greater source and purpose for me to live and not mm-hmm. just live for myself, but for others. Mm-hmm. And his name is Jesus. And it Absolutely. starts with you being willing to accept if I abide in him, he will then abide in me and he will show mm-hmm. me and instruct me as I illustrated earlier. Mm-hmm. And we can also even use um, John chapter 15, verse seven to highlight that again. Mm-hmm. Um, John chapter 15, seven says, but if you remain in me, Mm-hmm. And my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, mm-hmm. and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Mm-hmm. This is what brings great glory to my Father. And and I just feel like that has so much relevance to our 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 lives and our mm-hmm. understanding of certain things. So I, I guess I want to say that to say when you are experiencing life as we all do and you start to want to put yourself in front of every situation you're putting yourself in front of it's not going to work out the way that you hoped it would yeah it's just not okay and i think you know give it time right as we spoke in one of our past episodes you will get results either way yep um and with time as i alluded to earlier uh particularly as we leverage scripture we can expect things to continue to remain statistically significant in this world never before seen climate catastrophes financial downturns political corruption etc so knowing that we truly be remiss to not underscore that casual Christianity actually results in casualties, even if Mm -hmm. that person is still alive. Let me Mm -hmm. correct myself, even if that person is still existing. There's a difference between being alive and Mm -hmm. existing. So, you know, I want to share 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will be, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid mm. such people. And that sounds, Elsie, very similar, uh, similar to what we see in today's society. And this, yeah, for, for our listeners, might have even exposed characteristics that we currently embody. Yep. So uh, knowing all of this, again, I, I, I do think this is an important and pertinent conversation to have to really ask ourselves, what are we living for and how is that translating through my fruit and my character? And we'll unpack fruit very soon. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to explain that. <laughs> Definitely will. Um, but I, I also want to jump into Matthew 10, 38 through 39. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So, um, 
you know, I, I tapped into my commentary for this one. Uh, Tony Evans, he's like my spiritual grandfather. And, and one thing he says as it relates to this scripture is that true disciples must daily submit to Christ's authority over their lives. To follow Jesus is to live according to God's kingdom agenda, which is the very visible, again, thinking about that audience, it's the very visible manifestation of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of your life. So again, we know we're human and we're not going to always get it right. We know that God has grace, but again, we would be remiss to think that, you know, if our family, our job, our home, our appearance, if those things, those earthly substances are consistently dominating and driving our life, we would be remiss to not acknowledge the, the, the risk and, and that can come as a result of these fleeting things driving our life. So, you know, as we kind of wrap up, you know, I think we should do some sensing and, and, some, and some, having some things to consider and ask ourselves as we walk away. One last scripture, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Mm. According to that, actually, ironically, read a, a devotional earlier today, and, and I'll steal a, a little phrase from it. According to your bank statement, mm. what does that demonstrate your treasure to be? Mm. Or where does that demonstrate your treasure actually lies? What causes you to pray? Hmm? Who do you often pray for? Mm. Does it ever go beyond you, your family, your mm. needs? Yeesh. Beyond being a good dad, mom, co-worker, successful uh, person in corporate America, successful person in your career, what else outside of those things embodies, what else, excuse me, do you embody that shows what truly is leading your life? Mm. In order to juxtapose your reality, it will require immense intentionality. And you must fight against literally gravity to include the Lord in your plans because it's not always innate. And this will help you avoid the immense consequence of casual Christianity. Man. So, uh, bro, uh, did you have anything before I kind of? No, that was actually um, that that was a lot that you said there, and I and I think it's so pertinent that you laid it out the way that you did, especially because one thing, if I was leaving the audience with a a question of mine, I think to your point about or with the Bible's point about you know your your treasure where your treasure lies is where your heart lies. And I think a way that you can identify that in our own way and we can exercise this just in this week, listen to the type of conversations you're having, mm -hmm. who you're having them with. What, what are you discussing? Are you always discussing an issue? Are you always discussing a lack? Are you always discussing what didn't happen for you or somebody else in your family? Like allow, the, allow yourself to really just listen to yourself Mm -hmm. And I believe that points you in the right direction of what you're living for. And, and to your earlier point, as a husband and as a father, I, I, I can tell you right now, I'm not living for my wife and my kids. Yeah. Because if I did, I would self-destruct. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Point blank period. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I, yeah. And if there's a man out there that says, no, I, I live for my wife and kids and this, but I, I'm, 
I am smooth sailing, perfect peace, don't nothing rock me. I would love to meet you. <laughs> like, we would I love would, to have you on the podcast. I Please would teach love us. To meet you. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'm saying all to say at the yeah. end of it all, what are we living for can be easily identified. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about, who we're talking about it with. Mm-hmm. And when we kind of identify that, let's juxtapose mm-hmm. that position of thought by understanding that one, you were chosen by Christ. More mm-hmm. importantly, even in Ephesians 1 and 5, it says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us into himself through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So when you, again, put that in perspective, does your conversations, is the way that you're operating, does it line up with that type of appreciation? Can we sit back and appreciate that we are adopted into yeah. his family? Yeah. Right. And I and I think if we can ask that question and ask ourselves, do we really appreciate that? Then the next question is, where's the fruit? Mm. And mm. as you said, we'll dive deep into the fruit we conversation sure will. later. Make we a little, sure will. Make a little fruit salad. <laughs> well, we encourage you all to, to stay again locked in with us. If you have not put your notifications on, please do. Um, you know, we are doing our due diligence to send out text messages and to yeah. share, but, um, you know, allowing yourself to have that just immediate notification from your whatever podcast app you listen to will definitely make it more easy for you to, t- to tune in with us. But uh, again, as always, we will be here next Friday. Um, and until next time, this is Juxtaposition. <laughs>